0: And these prayers of incense. Remember, it says they are holding bowls of the prayers of the saints. You know, when I read that, I always, I always ask: Am I filling those bowls? Am I? Is my prayers going before you like incense? You know, should we be filling them up on a daily basis? Those bowls. You know. Or are they not even getting into those bowls? You know, we've got to ask those questions. How impacting is my prayer life? Is my prayer life making a difference in heaven? Is my prayer life filling a bowl in heaven that is going to be answered when they pour it out? Amen. That's what our prayers should be like. Our prayers should be so powerful. I always wonder: Is there? Uh, uh, can some men by, and women, in the, by the power of God, can they fill an entire bowl in one prayer? Because their prayer has so much substance. And your prayers should be a beautiful thing for God to smell. Like, wow, I just love it when this guy prays. You know what? Don't you want Jesus to think that about you? Don't you want to get to heaven and Jesus would say to you, you know what? I used to hang out for 7 a.m. Because you'd get up and start praying and man, did you were you so wonderful to listen to. It was such a beautiful aroma before me. And then I used to hang out for you to come in at night and pray again. Wouldn't you love to hear that? Wouldn't you like to have that reputation with Jesus? And wouldn't you like to know that the angels would would always flock to your home and gather around you when you prayed? Because they wanted to be part of that. And that the Holy Spirit was just so happy when you are in that place wouldn't you like to know that that's how god sees you and that's how the angels of god see you and that this is true there would be people that jesus will be commending like that in heaven and you know and i want to be known in heaven like that and we should all want to be known like that we should be want to be known as the people of prayer as a person of prayer as a lover of jesus christ as one who just adores to spend time in his presence Revelation 5, we're, we're working through. I'm just going to go through that breakdown that I was talking about uh, last time we did it. First one. Actually, let's skip that one. Let's go to this one. All right, Now you can see 5.7. Okay, great. What that meant was I changed the colour, meaning we've actually covered those verses. But 5.7, we uh, haven't covered yet, which is the Lamb takes the scroll. So Jesus comes up. As the Lamb of God, and takes the scroll. Five, eight, is the four living creatures and twenty-four elders, and the bowls of prayer, prayers like incense. That's that verse. And then nine to ten is that the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders sing a new song. Some really, really powerful uh, songs. I can't wait to hear that song in heaven. Mm. The great assembly of angels is verse eleven, and then the angels sing, and then there's all creation sing. And then the four living creatures and the elders worship at the very end. Now keep in mind I believe that this hasn't taken place yet in heaven. Because it was a future thing. It was something, he, he was getting shown in the future, something that was going to take place. Because if it had taken place in heaven already, the seven uh, uh, seals would have been broken already. Mm. right? So this this thing that we're looking at now precedes the breaking of the seven seals. So it's a it's something yet still to be done in heaven. So it's future, even in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep that in mind, uh, as because these songs have not been sung yet. Um, and it also will help us to understand verse 13, where it says, All creation sing. Mm. All creation. Mm. So the Lamb takes the scroll. Let's have a look. Revelation 5, verse 7 to 8. And it says, He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So when he took the scroll, it, it caused these living creatures and elders to worship. It was a powerful moment. It was a moment that these... Uh, creatures and the elders had been waiting for for a long time. They've been waiting to see this moment when the Son of Man would be glorified. He'd be the only one who'd be allowed to take that scroll. And then at that point, they fall down and worship because this is the moment of moments. This is what we've been waiting for ever since creation began. So we're going to look at that in just a second. Daniel 7. Let's go to Daniel. Daniel chapter 7, we hear a very different thing. So remember, it says that the Lamb had uh, was able to open the seals. Everyone else in all creation could not open the seals. Everyone else, only the Lamb, had triumphed and could open the seals. In 7.13 of Daniel, it says, In my vision at night, <clears throat> I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man... Coming with the clouds of heaven, he approached the Ancient of Days. The Ancient of Days is the Father. He approached him and was led into his presence. And when he was led into his presence, he was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. I believe Daniel here is looking at the same event. <coughs> He's looking at the same event that John's looking at at this moment in Revelation 5. He's seeing the same thing. He's seeing the one that was ushered into the presence of the Ancient of Days and was given all power and authority over all men, all creatures. And these prayers of incense, remember it says they are holding bowls of the prayers of the saints. You know, when I read that, I always, I always ask, am I filling those bowls? Am I, is my prayers going before you like incense? You know, should we be filling them up on a daily basis, those bowls? You know, or are they not even getting into those bowls? You know, we've got to ask those questions. How impacting is my prayer life? Is my prayer life making a difference in heaven? Is my prayer life filling a bowl in heaven that is going to be answered when they pour it out? Amen. That's what our prayers should be like. Our prayers should be so powerful. I always wonder, is there uh, uh, can some men by, and women in the by the power of God can they fill an entire bowl in one prayer? Because their prayer has so much substance. Psalm 141. Turn there if you if you can. So this, this concept of prayer being like incense is wasn't a New Testament concept. Mm-mm. Psalm 141 verse 2, and it says, "May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice." When you lift up your hands, see that's the new kind of sacrifice. When you when you go uh, in the Old Testament and you you go into the temple, you take a bull or you take a calf or you take a bird or a pigeon or something, and that's what you offer to sacrifice. That is your way of worshipping. In the New Testament, we don't carry those things in. We come in and raise our arms. That's the lifting up of our hands. would be just like that sacrifice. And you know what? I understand why it's called that, why it's considered like that, because a lot of Christians have a lot of trouble lifting their hands. It feels like they have to sacrifice something, doesn't it? A lot of Christians have trouble with it because they feel like people are going to think something about them if they lift up their hands before God, if, they, if their hands go up. But it's a sacrifice. We lift up our hands to God. And that's, it's scriptural, amen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we're meant to be doing. As we lift our hands to God. God, actually, I've always found that the moment I lift my hands in a worship service, not every time I lift my hands, but if I'm struggling in a worship time and then all of a sudden I, I lift my hands, sometimes that's the release I needed. That's the breakthrough I needed. And just God would come upon me. Who's had that experience? Yeah. And so that's why, you know, a lot of people have had a lot of those experiences. You just see them. They walk into the church service and they walk straight in. And the first thing they do is their hands just go straight up. And uh, it's because there's something in it. I don't know what it is. Um, people of the world have no problem lifting their hands to rock stars, do they? Mm. And you know what? That lifting of the hands is innate in everybody. But who, who do we worship? You know, Some people have trouble lifting their hands in church. And what do they do? They go to a rock concert and they're like this. You know, lighting their things or doing the Satan salute or something. They're doing all that. And people do that. And Christians do that. And you see in the world, like, I'm, I was amazed. I remember I saw a, a, a video footage where you know, a, a camera sort of zoomed across the top of um, this concert and all these people at an ACDC concert. And every single person had their hands in the air like this. Every single person on that, it was like a, a stadium filled, all the floor of the stadium was filled with people. Every single person had their hands in the air. that? It's worship, isn't it? It's a form of worship. They're worshipping Satan's soldiers, really. And, And what should we be doing that? For a start, should we ever lift our hands for another man? No. Only to who? To God should we lift our hands. And he deserves it. He deserves it. And if your heart doesn't want to lift, you say, heart lift. You're in control. Amen. Mm -hmm. Say, Lord, lift. Because I want to get into that place of worship. I want to get into that place of connection with you. And you're watching me right now. Mm -hmm. Remember the Lord's eyes roam throughout the earth looking for those who are faithful to him, who are worshipping him. He's seeking those who worship him in spirit and truth. That's the kind of people the Father seeks. Mm -hmm. Spiritual worshippers, spiritually worshipping him in truth. That's who he's looking for. So be that people. When you get to a worship service, use that time. Offer him a sacrifice of worship. Amen? That's not what I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about the incense. That's what I was supposed to talk about. Uh, The Psalm 141 too uh, is like incense. Who's ever burnt incense? Yeah? I used to burn incense years ago. Mainly because I was a single guy. And one of my unit, the smell would be better, <laughs> so I'd have a go on, you know, and I'd better put two on, three, you know, uh, and I, what was the one that I was always... Sandalwood. Sandalwood. Oh, sandalwood. Yeah, because it was in the while, of yeah. <laughs> that in there, you know, and uh, yeah, my, my unit would end up ponging of that and the other smell too, so, so I'd just open the windows, <laughs> actually that's a car window, Remus. sorry. And clean. And clean. <laughs> when Vina used to come when we first started dating, she'd rock up to my unit, and uh, I actually it was before we were dating because we were. Vina came to me as a piano student. Um, don't ask any more about that. <laughs> but Vina came as a piano student. Oh It was. It was complete. I'm a professional. <laughs> all right. Um, so Vina would come, and uh, every time she'd rock up to to my house, she would find me in the sink with soap suds like yeah. up to here and you know all the dishes so oh, I'll be with you in a second <laughs> and she'd be thinking you know one of two things either he's trying to put on a good impression mm. or he's a very domesticated guy yeah. but little did she know yes. that uh, I looked at my watch and oh no Vina's <laughs> gonna be here in about 20 minutes and I run the house picking up every dirty cup and plate and because all my cupboards were bare they're all yeah out and I'm grabbing everything and I put them in the, in the sink and then I'd <laughs> fill it up with hot water and put soap suds and it's like all like this and and so I'm trying to sort of do it and before Vena gets there to make it look nice. So, <laughs> um, so that's why it was and you knew that anyway. You worked it out. <laughs> because after we started dating that all stopped. <laughs> um, it shouldn't have, shouldn't it? No. I filled the dishwasher now. <laughs> yes. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. But prayers should be like incense, sweet smelling. You know, there's some really nice ones. There's some terrible ones too, but there's some really nice ones. Um, and they, they smell sweet, they're nice. And they come up before God and they and your prayers should be a beautiful thing for God to smell. Like, wow, I just love it when this guy prays. You know, what? You, don't you want Jesus to think that about you? Yes. Don't you want to get to heaven and Jesus would say to you, you know what, I used to hang out for 7 a.m. Because you would get up and start praying. And man, were you so wonderful to listen to. It was such a beautiful aroma before me. And then I used to hang out for you to come in at night and pray again. Wouldn't you love to hear that? Wouldn't you like to have that reputation with Jesus? And wouldn't you like to know that the angels would, would always flock to your home and gather around you when you prayed? Because they wanted to be part of that. And that the Holy Spirit was just so happy when you were in that place. Wouldn't you like to know that that's how God sees you? And that's how the angels of God see you? And that this is true. There will be people that Jesus will be commending like that in heaven. And you know, and I want to be known in heaven like that. And we should all want to be known like that. We should wanted to be known as the people of prayer as a person of prayer, as a lover of Jesus Christ, as one who just adores to spend time in His presence. That's what Jesus wants. But does that take a sacrifice? Doesn't it take a big sacrifice? It takes a big stirring. You've got to stir yourself up in your most holy faith. And the Bible says stir yourself up in your most holy faith. Stir yourself up because how often do you not want to? How often do you get into prayer and you don't want to really be there? Who's had that experience? Or am I the only sinner in the place? Yeah. You can get into prayer and sometimes, you know, you look at the watch more than you actually pray. You know? But really, God wants a people of prayer, a people that are committed to Him like that. Now, eagerly awaiting for the revealing of the sons of God. These scriptures have always Fascinated me. Let's turn to Romans 8. Because remember I said earlier when Jesus comes up and takes the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders they fall down and they worship him. And then after he's taken the scroll, there's songs in heaven. There's songs coming from the living creatures and the 24 elders. There's songs coming from the angels, and there's songs coming from all creatures. This is a joyous occasion. This is a powerful occasion. This is an occasion worthy of singing about. And Romans 8.19 tells us why. It says, The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. See, they feel it coming close. They're feeling the judgment coming close. They're feeling that Um, They can sense that now that this has taken place, it's a matter of a short amount of time before the sons of God are revealed. Those who are destined for eternity in the kingdom of heaven. The destined ones. Who are they? The angels look into these things. The angels want to know. And that's what I reckon is in the scroll is the answer to that. I could be wrong, but I believe the scroll is the book of life. With all the names of all those who are going to live in eternity with Jesus Christ. Who wants to be in that scroll? If it's, if it's the book of life, who wants to be in the book of life? Would any of you not want to... Good on the look at the my kids, they're like, um, put me in there, Lord. You don't want to miss out. I tell you, you get to heaven and the angel opens up the book of life to check if you're there. Now, is there something? Is this going to happen? Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's not like going to the voting booth and you're just checking your name and there's sound some <laughs> there somewhere and they scroll. Yeah, no, no, I think that's me. Think, have you ever done... You, you can't look like that. You're gonna, and It's, it's going to be pressure. It's going to be pressure. And I reckon it's going to be the most... Probably, potentially, the most frightening moment, Mm. single moment. Mm. But, if you're truly in Christ, there will be a comfort. Mm. Because Jesus Christ will be right beside you. More than likely, with his arm around you, Mm. coming up. Just take a look and see if my wonderful, beautiful servant is in that book. Wouldn't you like that? Mm. Would you feel that? Yeah. I know I'm in there now, <laughs> you know. But it's going to happen. We're going. The books are going to be open. There's going to be books, and you want that name in there. You want that name in there. And remember, a, a few weeks ago, and I'll just reiterate because um, humans need reiteration. Who knows that you, you can say uh, hear things, and then a few weeks later, you you go, "What was that thing?" Um, it says that he will never erase your name if, you, if you're in Jesus, you're following Jesus he will never erase your name from the book of life who's heard that yeah. in the scriptures yes. and people try to talk away the whole thing that it's not possible to have your name erased well I beg to differ and this is my logic and I use this logic a few times I've spoken it in church when you're a baby and you're born will that baby if that baby dies in infancy will it go to heaven yes or no Yes. who believes it will go to heaven if it hasn't even had a chance to sin Every baby, because the kingdom of God is for such as these. You have to be of, of a certain age to make a decision one way or the other. I believe children go to heaven. I believe that if they're aborted, they go to heaven. Or they miscarry, they go to heaven. And I believe children born and to a certain age will go to heaven if they pass on from this life. So in many respects, there'll be a time when we will say, and we we'll could probably even say it now, blessed are those that die in infancy. They've never had a chance to reject Jesus Christ. So every single soul ever born on this planet has had their name in the book of life. Because they're gonna have, go live it for eternity. So the moment comes and they're like 14 years old or 15 or 16 or 17 or 18 and they get to that point where they say, no, I do not accept Jesus Christ. That he is God or he's my savior. And what happens? The name is rubbed out. That's why you use the word erase because there's he's got an eraser so that that's my and i've heard a lot of people say very very different things i think that's in my opinion is probably the most soundest way of understanding and looking at that passage of scripture so you want your name in the book of life amen and you never want it to be removed from the book of life you want to stay the course that's why he says work out your salvation with fear and trembling, why does he say that? Because if you fear God, if you truly sincerely fear God, you will do right. Yes. It's you only do wrong when you lose the fear of God. So if you can go through the day and you stay under that reverent fear, knowing He's watching you, He's watching you, and I've got to stay and the judgment is coming, and judgment is coming, and the stamp eternity on my eyeballs, Lord, and I stay in that place, you'll, you'll get through the kingdom of heaven. You'll get there. Because the fear of God will keep you. The fear of God will keep you. Lose the fear of God and you will sin. Yes. You will sin. Lose it more and you will sin more. The more you lose it to the point where you do not fear Him at all. He's a God of love and He just loves me. That's half of the story. He is a God of love. But He's also holy, holy, yes. holy. Yes. Amen. Amen. He's also a God worthy of fear because He's a God of wrath also. He's a God that created hell. He's a God that created the lake of burning sulfur. He's a God that set the whole world up the way it is so that one day we all face judgment. And we are all judged according to how we've lived our Christian lives in Him. And we're all judged according to, according to with those people that have not lived a life in Him. They will be judged. So living the Christian life is not easy. It requires disciplined commitment. It desires us to to look forward all the time into the eternal aspects of our faith. Looking forward to that place, that throne where He is. And we're always coming towards Him. Keith Green, once, you know they say all roads lead to Rome. He changed it. All roads lead lead to the judgment seat of Christ. All roads lead there. The narrow road leads through the judgment to eternal life and we've got to find it And the Bible says only few, only a few find the narrow road. only a few walk the narrow road. That means he says broad is the road that leads to destruction and many are upon it and they're going to their destruction. Broad multitudes, multitudes, and you cannot, cannot see it more clearly and more graphically now than when you look at an ACDC concert and you see the multitudes worshipping yes. Satan worshippers, yes. and they're all going to hell yes. unless they repent. We, you, you you've got to, if you could imagine who, who's seen what's the biggest crowd of people you've ever seen at once, you know, 10,000, 20,000, 50,000. That's a big crowd, isn't it? Mm. If you see 50,000 at once, I remember we, just the other day, we drove up behind Football, o- uh, Football Park, uh, uh, sorry, oh, Adelaide Oval, and you could see at that point in North Adelaide, you can look down and see the crowd, and it's like, wow. And you could hear them. It's a rush of sound coming as they're cheering for their footy team. Mm. And I'm just thinking, how many people? That's a lot of people. That's, that's nothing. That is nothing compared to the broad road that leads to destruction, and the multitudes that are walking down that broad road, and they're just heading towards a crevices That's going to they're going to fall down into hell forever and ever, and ever and ever and ever and ever. Multitudes, the Bible says, and only a few, only a few find life in Christ. That's why He says, "I am the way." He's the road. The way, the truth. You know, it's not a philosophy, this thing. This is not about philosophy. This is about Jesus Christ. He is the truth. Amen. He is is the truth. No philosophy. Truth is found in Christ, the creator of all things. And he is the life. If you cling to him, you will have everlasting life. You will not lose that which you long for. Who covets eternal life? That's one thing you're allowed to covet. I covet it. I want it. I want to be in heaven with Jesus forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I never want to miss out. I couldn't stand it if I missed out. I couldn't stand it if I lived my whole life preaching this gospel and then right at the end of my life change my direction and start teaching that Muslims go to heaven and Buddhists go to heaven and and everyone is going to go to heaven because God loves all, all men. Don't let that be you. Don't let old age deceive us. And think we know something greater than what's written here. Romans 8, 19. The, the angels of God look into these things. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. Who are they? Who's going to get eternal life? For the creation was subjected to frustration. <coughs> Excuse me. Not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. God subjected us in this world to frustration and it was his will that we be subjected to it as a test. That's why we have the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's a test that we're under. In hope, and he did that in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay, because that's death, and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. He subjected it so that they would come to Him and look to Him and become children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Can you? Who can feel that groaning in the world today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who can feel it? You know... The world is in a a very, very bad state. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly. We have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait for our adoption. As we wait. Are we adopted? Yeah? But the hope is we wait for the time when it actually takes place. Right? Because it says very clearly here, let's have a look at it. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit growing inwardly as we wait for our adoption. As we wait for it, you have to wait for it. Because if you turn at the end of your life and you reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, you're not going to be adopted. So you're not adopted yet. You are, according to Jesus Christ, your name is in the book of life right now. But the adoption, the actual taking of you and transforming of you into your imperishable bodies where you become just like He is. That's at the end, isn't it? That's at the end. When Jesus returns, in the twinkling of an eye, he'll do that. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. For who hopes for what he already has? So we don't have it, we hope for it. And that's why it's called a hope. Christianity is a hope. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. If we don't have it, we wait for it patiently. And we also, in in another scripture I'm about to read, we work out our salvation in fear and trembling. Go to the last scripture I'll read today. 2 Corinthians. Turn to 2 Corinthians. So I've got one screen done today. Mm -hmm. 2 Corinthians 5. Who's receiving this today? Yes. Yes. Amen. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. The earthly tent we live in, this is the, this, is this, mm-hmm. this flesh. Yes. Yeah. If this is destroyed, this is the wonderful hope, we have a building from God, an eternal house in the heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. Who longs to be clothed with the heavenly dwelling? Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now, it is God who has made us for this very purpose, and He has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing. See, that's the deposit. That's the guarantee. Is the Holy Spirit that He gives you? That's the guarantee that you're in Him. And if you have the Holy Spirit, you know you're in Him, and you will be found in Him. If you don't lose the Holy Spirit, who knows that the Holy Spirit can be grieved? Yes. Yeah. Does it say clearly that the Holy Spirit can be grieved? I always say. You know, um, if you're getting up to sinful activity, the Holy Spirit's not with you. You've grieved Him. He will not sit down and watch a pornographic movie with a Christian. If they think they're filled with the Spirit, they do that.